Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. Uh, and I'm joined by two guys uh, with the same number of shootout goals as the Boston Bruins tonight. What's up, Chuck and Gene? Uh, I I'm proudly have the same amount of uh, goals on Carter Hart tonight as uh, David Pasternak. Uh, this is Chuck Siders. I cannot collect myself. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Philadelphia. And this is uh, Gene Zielak. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And, uh, yeah, that was some playoff-level intensity for a regular season hockey game on a Sunday night. I'll tell you what. I'm uh, I'm doing the obligatory podcast thing that happens once every few episodes where someone goes like, I'm really not feeling that well today, uh, so bear with me. I'm going full... Uh, full lozenge for the full episode today because my throat is just uh, just killing me. And I was I was having low energy. I was low energy, Dave, today. But <laughs> I got to say that Flyers game uh, was like a shot in the arm. It was like a B twelve. It was like adrenaline to my chest. Like Eric Stoltz was like standing over me and you know needed to bring me back to life. I. <laughs> I was like freaking <laughs> jittery at the end of that game. I'm, I'm having a hard time collecting like a, like a John Travolta, like adrenaline needle into Uma Thurman's sternum. Yeah, and it was Eric Stoltz was the, the yeah yeah okay he pro- he provided it. I think that John Travolta actually did the stabbing. Okay, well I you're gonna I make me have to we're go in the and same watch, universe here. We're, we're gonna have to, I'm gonna have to watch <laughs> Pulp Fiction again. That's what you're you're gonna make me watch Pulp Fiction. Fuck it, so that's not right the worst now. thing in the world. Not the worst thing in the world. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not complaining. Um, did everybody? So let, let's just ease into this. Did everybody enjoy their Eagles bye week? Get some yard work done. Some time uh, with the kids. I transferred over my house from Halloween decorations to Thanksgiving decorations. Nice, and that is pretty awesome because the pumpkins and the scarecrows can stay. I just took away the things that said trick or treat and took down the ghost. I'm like, that's awesome. Right. Uh, but good, goodbye weekend for me. I don't have kids, so I made the mistake of gambling this weekend. Uh, so I bet heavily on the NFL games at one and four o'clock so that I would give a shit. And um, yeah, so well, I was whack to day in the NFL, by the way. Yeah, we're going to we're going to get to that. So, Chuck, take us through the week that was with the Philadelphia Flyers, because uh, no losses since we last spoke, huh? No losses since we last spoke. It was going to be a big week. It was going to be a telling week, no matter what. And it was nice to see all of the wins as opposed to just they're playing well enough to win. Oh, they were the better team, and eventually we'll we'll start seeing those results. And we saw the results against four good to really good teams. You know. Well, it's important to it's important to win this these games because when we start talking about teams like Carolina, Toronto, uh Montreal, like these are these are the teams that we're gonna be in the mix with. For not only for a playoff spot, but seeding as well. Well, definitely Carolina, uh, definitely Montreal, uh, maybe. Montreal. Okay, Toronto's a little bit about on the outside looking in, probably right. 
Well, no, Toronto, probably by the end of the season, uh, they'll be, and I think right now, I think they're number two in the uh, Atlantic with uh, Boston at number one. I don't have the standings right in front of me, but Toronto and Boston are probably, you know, already planning to meet each other in the first round of the playoffs. Montreal is hanging right around with us. So right now we're, we're both like, destined to fight for wild card spots. Flyers Flyers have 22 points, Toronto has 22 points, Montreal has 21 points, Carolina has 19. Yeah, Carolina is actually, you know, they were starting really hot and then uh have cooled off some, but that was a commanding win, a 4-1 win. The only <laughs> the only game this week did not go to overtime. The only game this week where we did not give up a two-goal deficit to eventually win it in overtime or the shootout but they're good teams they're comparable teams um well you might not even say boston's a comparable team boston has played throughout much of this young season as the best team in the nhl and we took it to them tonight so it's it's been a great week and this is the um the uh, uh philly myers the philip myers error you know since we spoke last he came up well actually no sorry he came up right before we spoke last and the flyers have in that time frame um 11 out of a possible 12 points and phil myers presence is all over this team i am really enjoying uh phil myers and joel farabee actually joel farabee too joel farabee and Giroux have looked great together um now that Farabee's goals are counting, um, he's really contributing to this team. Um, not only are we letting the kids play, we're trusting them with responsibilities. So it's it, it's been somewhere like uh, Ron Hextall is so pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> the one under the age of 30 should be playing professional hockey. It's like, oh, you gambled and won, but, you know, <laughs> imagine. To what end? To what end? This Imagine if you bring all these guys up at 27, no one would see you coming. <laughs> It'll be making league minimum. It's interesting to me because I think more so this weekend, last night's game and tonight and today's game, uh, I thought a lot about what really is is different about this team. And there's you could you can give a long list, but. I really do think that some credit has to be given, especially because maybe we were kind of on the fence about this coaching decision. But I think more than anything else, you are seeing very early the the reason why I think so many people were frustrated with Dave Haxtell. Um, because he seemed like he was running a a a program like a like a like an educational program, which is, you know, maybe that comes from that he was an NCAA coach. But it seemed like he was he was trying to to do too much uh, educating and not enough winning. That that the process of learning the game to a certain degree or learning how to play was more important to him than actually trying to win games. Whereas, and I think uh, Vino's philosophy is: I'm going to put the best players on the ice, uh, and I'm going to put our my guys in a in a, in a position, whether it's line shakeups or how I'm going to run lines or how I'm going to use a a timeout. I'm going to put my guys in the best place to uh, get the most points every night. Uh, so I, I think that that's the, the first takeaway I had from the weekend was that I'm really starting to take notice as to 
what a coach that's trying to win now looks like and why that's really kind of changed the 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 energy and the feeling of the Flyers. And I think when he mentioned the academic perspective, I I sort of gave Hacksaw the benefit of the doubt for a long while, but he seemed to treat his veterans like seniors and the younger players like freshmen. Like you had to earn it. You had to you had to blow the doors off to get a chance even and pay your dues with ice time and whatnot. And if you look at the production of um, Oscar Lindblom this year, mm. Lindblom had a tough time getting in the lineup under Hackstall. Now, I, I do see a lot of talk that I think it might be slightly overblown because anytime they go, well, he was he's this good now. Imagine how good he would have been last year. I'm like, well, he did have a year of development, but he he wasn't on the roster. And then once he got on the roster, once he got significant playing time with good uh, players, he became a valuable part of the Flyers. And it's not like he came from nowhere. Um, Lindblom was a one of those great late round draft picks. I think it was a fifth round pick, but long before he made this team he started becoming like hey we, we have a winger of the future here this guy you know might be our, our number one you know winger and he's looking like it well Konechny's looking like it <laughs> but um Lindblom Konechny and Sean Couturier are an amazing line and Lindblom hardly got a chance under Hackstall Sanheim um, had some up and downs when starting, and then they just like stapled him to the bench. You know, he's playing six defenseman minutes, and he was one of our most effective defensemen last year. So, Elaine Vino has done great things with this team. He's really brought the best out of the roster. Um, and then Gene, talk about one difference, and goddamn, does it pay to have goaltending? <laughs> you know. Like Hart is back to being Hart, um, which I wasn't terribly worried. I just didn't know how long the you know struggling would be. But I wasn't worried that he was done or cooked or anything like that. If if you were, that was nonsense. There was there was no need to worry that this kid is a bust. But it's nice to see him regain his game so quickly. And in tonight's game against um against Boston he's the reason we got two points he's the reason we probably got one you know Boston had every right to win that game in the third period but Hart made a huge difference Elliot as a 1b or a reliable backup has been great so if you get a goalie to make you some saves just to buy you a little breathing room and that's a huge difference. It's a huge difference from so, last year. So let's talk about this game today because clearly it was the toughest test of the week. Um, mm -hmm. It was on the road. Uh, and Vino sets it up so so hearts in net for this game. Well, and you were coming off a, a game last night that also went late. And uh, so yep. you, you knew your, your forwards, your defensemen, they were going to be a little gassed. Yep. So, I mean, it's it's it, it, it's set up where, you know, Hart, this one's yours. 
and mm-hmm. he easily i think you know a younger guy he's you're pitching a shutout into the third um we're at you know halfway through the third and then the goal you know, the goal goes in um and then it's really not that long after uh that the equalizer uh gets home and now we're sitting here it's like oh, the, the the lead is gone we're on the road it's the it's the back end of a, a back to back it really could have been easy to fold the tents there um and let that one get away yeah i mean and in an atmosphere that you and i both agreed felt very playoff-esque it it felt really tense a lot of that game and and very physical Mm -hmm. um real chippy and last year's last year's flyers absolutely that becomes a four to two loss absolutely yeah No, no question no question and it showed a lot of Hart's mental strength to to fall behind and that boston crowd was raucous and they just kept bringing it and dave you talk about that physicality that's one thing i've noticed that's not a strong suit of this flyers team you know i'm not saying teams can push us around but it's not going to be hey you want to have a slugfest we'll go with you there it's not our game and Boston was laying hard hits. Chara, man, Chara unleashed a slap shot high on Hart. That's he has one of the hardest shots, if not the hardest shot in the league. And the kid wasn't rattled. That is so incredibly impressive. You have Marshawn being a dick. Oh, can I have a, can I ask you a question about Marshawn sure. for a second? Is it is it Total douchebag move on a shootout to try to shoot your rebound into the net again. Yes. I'm going to be like, but fuck you, man, asshole. Yes. He's like, and Carter Hart was like, I'll just block that shit too. Yeah. No, that um, in a different error that would would have started a fight, um, it will probably get him punched the next time the Flyers and the Bruins play. Good, because I feel like I might be from that era, because that seemed to piss me off more than anybody else well certainly anybody else in my house oh <laughs> i was livid i, I was like, livid i feel like he had two strikes against him because wasn't it marshawn that also just threw a, a hand into one of the defenseman's uh throat like in the second period just after a whistle just threw his hand into into somebody's uh neck for i guess he felt like he was slighted or was that a different bruin but i, I feel like that was marshawn too i i mean it might have been it sounds like him like basketball, I'm used to this. Like you just get the rebound; they always just throw it up at the basket. Anyway, yeah, but there's not somebody there. Well, you know, they, there's not right, and or somebody have... might jump up and block it. But you know, it's all just like whatever with basketball. And but, they don't have. Uh, a... I know the hockey stuff; it's really sensitive. They don't have a layup contest at the end of basketball games. You know what I mean? Where like it's to actually decide the game, which is why I feel like there should be, or you know, that that's why in a shootout, like you have to kind of follow the protocol. Because this is actually deciding a point in the game. Well, it's disrespectful. Like, and you can say a lot of things about hockey culture. And um, if you subscribe to The Athletic um, this week, they are saying a lot of things about hockey culture. Um, But it's a lack of respect to your opponent to go. He's made the save. And now you're taking an additional shot on him. Why? He could get hurt. He like now is a, a weak little shot, but what's a goalie to do? His instinct is stop it. 
know, if he if he didn't stop it, he could have slid it right in there. It's it, it reminds me of poker where and it's against the rules to do so. But you're sitting at the table go, I have the ace. You know, who would do that? Like freaking Golden wasn't his name. Golden one poker player. Jamie, would, his I, name is Jamie Gold. Jamie Gold. Oh, and I, I remember that guy. <laughs> I it, it's against the rules. And it's it's totally unfair to your opponent. So you put Hart in a position of what do I do? Do I stop this extra shot? Do I say fuck you and let him just shoot it in? No, it's it's a unfair thing to do, which Marshawn. I don't would know. Do. I think we're kind of eh, using <laughs> the like he could get injured. Uh, well, no, no, thing no. Is that, really minimal, dude. That compared is... to just like this is just disrespectful. No, it is a stretch. But I mean, hypothetically, he could. But no, I I would have been perfectly happy to have lost that game, and with you know Marshawn does that and. You know, Chris Stewart comes running down from the press box, you know, and just takes him out. Oh my or... God, is that Chris Stewart's entrance music? <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was that was awful. Um, but the rest of the shootout was amazing. Um, Hart didn't let up a single goal, going against three great, you know, yeah, well, I'll say great, uh, three great shooters. Stop the number one scorer in the NHL twice. Once on the penalty shot to mm, would have given them right. a win. Once on the you know shootout to you know prolong the game. That's huge. I was going to say can, if we if we go through that penalty shot for a second, was that in your opinion, Chuck? Was that a pretty clear like this is going to be a penalty shot? I felt like he he was it wasn't clearly a scoring chance. I felt like he was a little far from the net. Uh, I didn't know if he, I mean maybe he had clearly had a step, but I, I don't know. Sometimes when they, they call these penalty shots, and we've had penalty shots the last two nights, or at least this is the second penalty shot I think this week against us. Um, it just it just didn't seem as clear cut like as the as the ref kind of was like he went immediately to it. Yeah, um, why not? Uh, Terwinski got a penalty shot against um, against Canadian. Montreal. Yeah, and. There, I think it was sort of a similar play. I think uh, he had a maybe a, another step on the defender who took him down. Tonight's penalty shot was pretty weak. Like the awarding of it, maybe technically it was correct, but I I thought I'm used to there being more separation, you know. Yeah, it's usually when I see it, and, and it's what is clear to me. It, it almost looks like the the defenseman has to go diving at his ankles and swipe, you know, like and, and take him out. Like this seemed like it was a little, it was soft. But yeah, more importantly, of the saves in the uh, you know the shootout format, you know the penalty shot and then the the three saves on the uh, stops on the shoot uh, in the actual shootout. I thought that the penalty shot, the way that Carter Hart played that was probably the best of how he played the, the rest of them, or at least it maybe mm. it had the most uh, style points because he gets that extra leg kick at the back. Um, he, yeah, that first one. It yeah. almost, I mean, almost like he had taunted him into, I'm going to, you know, this is where I, exactly where I want you to put it, and I'm going to f- get my leg back just in time. You know, it, it had a little bit of that style, uh, you know, point to it. But the third one I feel like is the most Carter Hart-esque stop. 
it was like I'm in such great shape against you right here. Like you can't even shoot it. Yeah. And <laughs> for that, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, the penalty shot, they often the shootout. I mean, they often say comes down to who makes the first move. Sure. You know who bites who first. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And Hart is just able to track these guys without because that, like, that's what happened out. on the first one. He he committed and he dropped the leg down to sort of like a half butterfly, mm-hmm. and then he realized that the, 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 there was another move there, and he was able to recover and get that left leg over to the post. Uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, just keep the extension it was a very fluid movement too sure it looked like yeah he did commit but he was able to follow it through um on the last one he he just tracked the puck so well that you know pasternak almost forced himself to the outside it was like there was an invisible defenseman there like cutting down his lane and all of a sudden like that's it. And like everyone was so confused because he was like going for a wraparound and he can't make go backwards <laughs> in a in a in a breakaway. But that was amazing that it, it's been, you know, his performance against the Devils was good. Um, His performance, a good, like get back on track game, even though it wasn't yeah. stellar, got him back in the wind column. Mm hmm. Yeah, it was success. It wasn't amazing. It was it was good. Exactly. Build up that mojo uh, against Montreal. He had some really good moments. And then tonight he was amazing. You know, so full confidence back in heart. Not that wavered much to begin with. Right, 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 man. So big game coming up Wednesday. Yeah, Um the Sean Couturier scarf giveaway night. If anyone gets one of those scarves and doesn't want it, I will buy it from you. Um, the thing looks amazing. Um, again, how come, uh, Chuck? How come none of our our package games are on any cool giveaway nights? We were like the game after the gritty, gritty Chia Pet giveaway, and we're at the game before a Couturier scarf giveaway. Yeah, because we're going to all, all the good games. Okay, fair enough. I can't. I can't believe that they're doing this giveaway against the Capitals. That that blows my mind. This is, you know, we play the Senators next week as well. That's the one you need to give something away for. But don't we right. play the Senators in? Oh, that's Ottawa? on. That's on the road. Oh, that is on the road. That is on the road. Thing. Yeah. Because I was but, just thinking, like, it's ridiculous how often we get like one home game before we're right. You know I mean, like, I feel like we haven't had a home stand yet. No, we yeah. really yeah. haven't. We'd have two games in a row, maybe. Yeah, um, you know, but we've had that like that long West Coast trip, and it just feels like we should have a, you know, we're due a homestand. Well, we are. Uh, it looks like at the end of November we have uh, Western Canada. Oh no, that's only two. That's only two home games. I don't know. Anyway. Whatever. We we were we were close to home for a while. That's, but th- this game coming up against the Caps it should be a a big one and there's no reason to believe we can't win it so it's capitals and then uh we're in ottawa and then we're home again against the islanders so are you thinking this is uh a heart elliot heart um yeah that makes sense that makes perfect sense heart definitely gets the the start against the caps um elliot to keep him fresh against ottawa you know who who had the isles game. game earlier in the season was that a heart game the islanders yes yeah, that was a, a hard game. And we didn't, how, look, uh, we didn't look good against them. How's Ottawa no. doing this year? Are they uh worst team in the league? 
But they had a surprise, they're back to that. But yeah. they had a surprise win last night, night before. I think so. Yeah. I, um, do, you, do you guys remember the the party game? You don't know Jack. Yes, absolutely. So there was a joke in You Don't Know Jack. I mean, that was like we're talking what late '90s for You Don't Know Jack, like original yeah. the original uh, PC game. There was a joke in there that was something like, "What do what 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 do the Ottawa Senators and mushrooms have in common?" or something like that. And the and the uh, the punchline was something to do with shiitake. <laughs> now, oh, I, so that was a long I, walk for that punchline. I line. know, I know. But every time I think of the the Ottawa Senators, I always think of mushrooms. Yeah. Well, that's good. There's, that's a, there's good. a little little story for you. They were that, all, uh, they were only good for a uh, like a like a minute. Like it didn't feel like they, they that golden age of Ottawa hockey lasted. Very long. <laughs> yeah. It just happened uh, to come against uh, Roman Czech Monik. I think is the problem. <laughs> I'll never forget wow. that playoff game where I what did we lose eight nothing or something? And Czech Monik, I thought it, there was a point in the third period where he was literally going to start taking off his pads and just sit in the crease. Like it seemed like a man had completely broken during that game. <laughs> Uh, I mean, bye week is the right time to talk about my feelings about Roman Czechmonic, but <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to stick with the current season. Maybe we'll just make that like a special episode. Chuck's feelings of on <laughs> Roman Czechmonic. Any I'm additional sure strong? They are. They are. Um, <laughs> All right. So uh, I have strong feelings for. I want to talk about him real quick. Uh, Sean Couturier, man. Yeah, it seems to be recovering from whatever shoulder injury he had, but he's been amazing. He's won, you know, or been part of the win of these, you know, three overtime games. Well, uh, not including tonight's, but the winner against Montreal, uh, shootout winner um, against Toronto, uh, shootout winner against the Devils, and amazing moves in both the shootouts. And a great little trickle in against uh, the Canadians. Couturier is our number one center for a team that has some good center depth. I've loved everything I've seen out of this guy in this last little stretch. Everything I've seen out of him all year. He's been a force. Yeah. Wow. Can, can I can I ask a question about how it relates sure. to some of these guys and the shootout? I keep I keep coming back to this shootout, but only because we've seen so much of it this week and the okay. centers particularly. Um, it, is the shootout for the kids? Like, do you think it would behoove us to get some of these older guys off of the shootouts and just hand it over to the youngsters who have probably been focusing on shootout proficiency for most of their hockey training lives it's it's an interesting thought um i mean you can't pay me to remove claude Giroux. i mean he's he's phenomenal in the shootout um jake voracek he can go way lower in the priority right but i think um i i, no, I think it's a fair who, idea what's our top three who are our three go-to's um it is Drew Couturier, and then other. Uh, tonight it was Farabee. Um, in the past, it has been Voracek. So, do we play like goalie uh, versus player matchups? No, I think it's just should we? 
No. Do other teams do that? Are there analytics on this? <laughs> there probably are, but normally it comes down to like the end practices. Like, all right, everybody have fun taking shootouts. I just don't think we take it seriously enough. Is there are there heat maps for goaltenders? Yes, I mean people do study a goaltender, but you know if somebody's showing you, hey, they have a weak glove hand, the players already know it, and you're probably not making it to the shootout. You know, can we like uh, can we get like a goaltender heat map overlay it with the the shooter heat map and find the 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 advantageous matchup. Get Kapler in here. Can yeah. We, can we get Gabe, you know, on the bench? You took the Kapler joke right out of my mouth. Like, literally, I was leaning up the, to the mic to make it. But should we be on the forefront of this movement? I feel like instead of, like, index cards in their pockets, you could just put them on their sticks. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's, there's room for analytics in hockey. The shootout, maybe a little, but no, it's... It, it's... Man on man, it's it is a game of chicken, and just making the move and seeing if the guy bites. But tonight was a big example of you have to figure that everybody is watching each other's kind of uh, what everybody else is doing to a certain degree. Claude Giroux fakes that slap shot that he just scored on the night before, and you're not going to tell me that you you don't think that. Uh, that there was some uh, gamesmanship where I'm going to show you the move I just did last night. Uh, I don't know. I mean, coin toss, uh, maybe he actually scores there because y- you have to think that the goalie's like, he's not going to show me the same move. Uh, you know, I don't know. It, it, everybody, at least, at least it, you know, there was nobody here for me to talk to. But... <laughs> The four walls in my house knew that the plan was, you know, I, I said, you know, I watch him, watch him show that slap shot again. What's the, uh, what's the quote from Princess Bride? Like never play a, uh, a game um, of, never, uh, a game of death when it, with a Sicilian involved or a chance or something when there's yeah. death on the line with this, like, that's what it, you're going, you keep you go, Well, is he going to show me that again? He, no, of course not. He's going to fake it, but then do it. But he thinks that I'm going to think he's going to fake it and then do it. So he's actually going to do it. So it's like all of that is, I don't know, to me, just throw it all out the window and just rely on your intuition. But yeah, like in that half, you know, in that point oh oh two seconds that 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 he's coming up ice at that goaltender and he starts to see that that puck go up. You can you can you know, you see his shoulders brace for that for that slap shot. And, you know, with somebody with Drew's skill level. You know that should have been enough of a window for him, and and I, uh, you know, I, I wanted to see that all work out for us there because I felt like he got the look that he wanted to get by by pulling that fake. I prefer the guys who go in there like uh like a locomotive, like <laughs> fast as hell, do your one move and get it done. I cannot stand the swirling stuff. Just me personally, I don't know if it's more successful or not. It's just my flavor. I I prefer the guys that just go in there, commit to one move, and do it. Just charge. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I I like that enough. I do enjoy a, maybe a more deliberate style as well. But the most deliberate style, um, Voracek has it a little bit. Wayne Simmons. When he would like walk up to the net, 
you know, and like make his move at the last possible minute, that would always unnerve me. I'm like, you're you're going like two miles an hour. How do you expect like to get by the guy? And then the goalie just eventually blinks and he would would score. I got to say this for three guys who claim not to want the shootout in the league. We've talked a hell of a lot about this shootout. <laughs> like, it's exciting when you win one. I just uh, like it's there. Like there's nothing you can do about it. It's there. So we have to you might as well embrace it. There's no yeah. point in being like, well, it's fucking not part of the game. So like it's bullshit. Well, while you're sitting there saying it's bullshit, the other teams are laughing their way to two points. I not agree. you personally, Chuck, not you personally, I'm not <laughs> attacking anybody on the show. I'm just saying you as the, you know, that's the, that's the typical flyer default because we always lose the shootout to say like, it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty good impression of default flyer. <laughs> All right, Chuck, I'm going to ask you probably the, uh, I've been listening to reading a lot of flyers, Twitter, listening to a lot of flyers podcasts. I, I'm, I'm going to, <laughs> some are better than others. Um, <laughs> So I want to I want to know what's the story with uh, Nolan Patrick? Are we ever going to see him again? And if not, what's the what's the big picture plan for uh, for center depth at, for the Flyers? Uh, you know, watching Giroux take those key faceoffs tonight, I'm not unhappy with Giroux at at center, but I know that he is better long term for the team if he's on a wing. It's so. Even when on the wing, Giroux will take a lot of faceoffs. So that's that shouldn't be a deciding factor. I would not worry long term about Nolan Patrick. Now, the short term, what happens this season, that's anybody's guess. It's a migraine disorder. There's no reason to believe it's from concussions. And it's the sort of thing that can be treated, whether it is the right medication, whether it is a game time routine, whether it's diet, there's some sort of treatment there. But he just has to find it. And Go ahead. he just has to find it. He just has to get into a place to manage his symptoms enough so that he can play. And this can be a... You know, I fully expect that a few years down the road, it's going to be Patrick's out tonight. Why? Migraines. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. You know, he famous players who have migraine disorders. Mark Howe. Mark Howe had migraine problems. He's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, Nick Backstrom, migraine problems. Um, a guy on the Penguins who I'm blanking on. So it's not unheard of. So we shouldn't be writing off this kid's career. If you want to be a little ghoulish about it, it probably helps the Flyers out from a contract perspective. Patrick's going to be doing extension. He's probably not going to get a, you know, top dollar mm. because of all the health questions. And I, I think he will be back this season. It's just going to be a question of when. And when he's ready to come back, he's probably going to have to spend a little time with the Phantoms just to get up to speed. But in the Phantoms, we have our 3C. If Patrick's not ready to go, Frost is. You know, Frost is looking great down with the Phantoms. And, you know, Gene, I think you had joked about 
um well you didn't joke i know you love the uh the new phantoms jerseys but had talked about wanting to get one with frost and i said get it before christmas um because he's probably gonna be with the big club by then if if patrick doesn't come back or if patrick is delayed i imagine frost is going to be up here as our 3c I personally, I don't think they're going to bring him up to play 3C until Lawton's back to play 4C. And just think about that real quick. Think about how well we're playing. And we're going to get Scott Lawton back as the 4C. And that's going to really improve that fourth line. Bring in Morgan Frost as the third line center. And now you're going to have either Morgan Frost (laughs) on line with Claude Giroux or <laughs> Kevin Hayes, Claude Giroux, and Farabee. Like, bringing in those two guys, bringing in two more centers, which will be happening soon, this team gets so much deeper. Oh, my so, God. The parade is going to be so fun, right? Yeah, fucking A. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's it really – I think they bring up Frost if Patrick's not ready to go by then when they bring up Lawton, just because Lawton can play 3C, and if the kid's having a rough night or something, they can kick him down to 4C and just know that they'll move him back to the 3C, whereas opposed to where you don't want Raffle playing third-line center. You don't want Vorobiev or or Rubsoff or whoever playing third-line center, whereas Lawton, he, he can do for third-line center for half a game or whatever. And I think the I guess the idea being that they don't want to bring Frost up and 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 put him right back down, and they don't want to bring him up when he's not going to be able to play consistent minutes because that doesn't really help. You know, you want him playing. Yeah, yeah you want him playing. You want him playing uh, no worse than third line center, and I, I think they're just you know our third line's not a problem. Our third line center right now is Kevin Hayes, and. You know, it's it's been productive, not as productive as it could be. But you bring in another center, you get to move Giroux back to wing, and that, that's just going to make one line so much deeper. You know, Claude Giroux and Kevin Hayes on the same line, that's going to be really hard to play against. Claude Giroux, Morgan Frost, and Joel Farabee. My God, I'd pay so much money to watch that line together. So And you are. And you will be. Yeah, you will <laughs> I be. will be. Yes. Parking uh, alone. You know what I learned recently? What'd you learn? That like you don't get a migraine or you don't have my it's 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 all migraine. Like I am experiencing migraine. Really? That's the way the doctors are chatting about it these days. <laughs> Hanging out with your doctor friends. It's like I have migraine right now. You have my is this like runs batted in has to be like RBI? <laughs> yes, it is exactly like that. It's like, oh, he doesn't have a migraine. He has migraine. Yes, yes. That's And uh... then that just gets like children are going to be confused. Like, oh, so I have a I have migraine. You have your grain. Like, it's just going to be mm-hmm. all messed mm-hmm. up. It's all grain alcohol to me. <laughs> some santa's death punch brewing <laughs> far side forever there that's a shout out for like four people <laughs> three of them are on this show yeah uh anything else about the flyers right now no it was a um this 40 minutes of flyers talk which 
it, I feel like it's my birthday. Um, it has been a little more scattershot than I like, but um, they're playing great. They're yeah, there are things that can be improved, and it's just fun to say that with how well they're currently playing. Yeah, that's awesome. Great. I'm happy for the Flyers and myself because mm-hmm. I get to watch them. Uh, let's talk about the Sixers because it's a very different story with the Sixers from the last time we spoke. Um, one and three in the last four games. Not not great. Gene, take it away. <laughs> Look, I, I it's it's frustrating. <laughs> it's 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 hard not to want to hit the panic button after that game in Denver. Um it's really irritating to listen to people uh, who uh, who I think expect a certain – it's so frustrating because you would imagine that an older generation of basketball fans in Philadelphia would like this brand of basketball. Uh, they're defensive-minded. They, they want to win games by uh, limiting possessions and getting rebounds and uh, not chucking up a bunch of threes at a 40% clip. But, you know, these these – people in this city uh, that 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 get on talk radio they regurgitate what they hear uh from i guess from espn i, I don't know where they're getting this notion that uh th- that ben simmons not being able to shoot equals ben simmons being a bust uh, ben simmons is good for a triple double uh, on an off night I don't know where where these people get that Ben Simmons disappears in playoffs. Um, Yeah, he's had very bad playoff games, given. But he also basically won a game against Brooklyn by himself. Uh, I don't know if anybody else remembers Jared Dudley saying, uh, putting up wanted posters about where is Ben Simmons, and then he basically went in the next game and made him his bitch. So, like, there is is no... uh, reasoning to behind listening to these people go on and on and on about how how Ben Simmons is is the problem and because we don't have a real point guard um meaning small guy who can shoot threes uh, that we're we're, we're not going to be competitive uh, I think that that's bunko like that's just bs um does it explain why we why we've looked flat the last couple games I don't know what how else to explain I, I the Denver game was was not ex- how I, I think that you're going to see this Sixers play. Yeah, look, let's just take a step back for a second. So you start out 5-0. and <clears throat> You have Embiid suspended for two games. So we're going into Phoenix with no Embiid uh, on the road. Uh, very hot Phoenix team. Uh, and you lost by five points. And you came off a very emotional win in Portland. Right. Right, right, right. Now you go into Utah. Again, it's another road team. It's out west. Um, you, you know, Embiid, Embiid is now back, but he hasn't played for a few games. And then the Denver game. So let's just, those three losses you combined cumulatively lost them by eight points. I mean, that's how close those games were. Wow. The last two were one possession, were like a one score game. It's not that bad. They were road. They were road games. They were Western Conference road games. Right. Like in the grand scheme of things, they mean this nothing. is fine. And you could beat all of those teams back in Philly. And you, you know, Embiid's. You know, he has conditioning problems. Like everybody knows that. And you're playing these high altitude uh, Western Conference games. 
yeah, w- would th- would this be an issue were we to face them in a seven-game series, which would only happen in the NBA Finals anyway? Yeah, probably, but uh, I'll I'll take that problem now if we if we wind up getting it. Um, I think we just got to pump the brakes. It's like I'm hearing like you know issues with Brett Brown. I, calm down, man. We're, we're still we're 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 six and three. Like relax. It's gonna be great. This is all going to be fine. I, actually, I'm taking positives away from this trip. Furkan Korkmaz is a legitimate NBA player who shoots 40% from three. He is uh, the in the top three in the NBA uh, after, well, I guess we're at nine games uh, in, in free throw and uh, three-point percentage. At least he was going into t- today's game. I don't know if that's changed, but it, I would imagine he would still be in the top ten. I mean, I'm seeing behind-the-back bounce passes from Korkmaz, uh, uh, g- giving up threes for open guys to take threes, which I would have never imagined he would have done last season. So, I man, total mea culpa for uh, Furkan Korkmaz. Um, he he definitely improved his game in the offseason, and I'm thrilled to get this guy for dirt cheap. Right. Um, if he's able to contribute the way he's been contributing, wow, that is like a mega plus. For because us. you are getting, uh, to some degree, the, pr- the the production you would have been getting out of J.J. Redick in terms of what you're getting on the court, but you're getting it at a heavy, heavy discount with Furcon right now. I mean, and then, uh, you know, we came home today against Charlotte, and it's an inferior opponent. Um, you might want to complain that we didn't front run enough um, throughout the course of this whole game. Funny story today. I talked to my oldest son about gambling today and, um, Got to and teach point, him young. Spreads, point spreads. <laughs> so uh, we were driving in the car, and, you know, he was, he was asking about the Sixers, and I was like, oh, we're a mortal lock to win the game today. And when I said we're mortal lock to win the game, I immediately was like, hmm, maybe I should put some money on it. So I quick went to FanDuel to check out the the point spread. And I said, okay, anything uh, under 10, I'll, I'll take it. And it was 13 and a half. And uh, he was trying to, he was asking me like, what does that mean? Like, and I was like, well, that basically means Sixers need to win by 14 for me to win the money. <clears throat> and he's like, oh, you should do it. We're going to win by 20. We're going to kill a team. But you know, they do that thing where it's like you're up by 20 to take all the starters out. Yeah, that's the that's what you can leak back in. So we only won by eight today. We would, you know, I would have lost. So I'm glad I didn't put the money on. But anyway, it was a good educational opportunity for my son. Did you like go to David's room, like take his piggy bank? All right, you're so high on the Sixers. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we were watching because oh, also another beautiful thing about today in the bye week. Um, I will take 6 p.m. start times uh, for really any sport that I am not actually going to attend uh, all the time. You can, we can do that all week if you want. Six o'clock start was great. You actually got to see the end of a basketball game. It was amazing. Yeah, this is the way to like take the sting out of a bye week is give me a, a, a Sixers game that's ending just as a Flyers game is getting like, I guess, what, into the middle of the second period? It was – yeah. It was like perfect way to kind of like stagger the the momentum of that that whole evening TV watching as far as my 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 plate was concerned. Can we talk about the Ben Simmons injury for a second? Um so sprained AC joint. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I'm guessing it's a shoulder thing. Yep. Um did you see the uh did you see the quote? <clears throat> 
uh, that Ben Simmons had about his return. Uh, I mean, are you talking about the one where he basically said, like, I'm not coming back until I'm, like, 100%, like, I'm not going to come back with any pain? <clears throat> well, here, it's 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 strange, because I'm reading the Inquirer article. Um, when asked about uh, his return, Simmons deferred the return question to the team's public relations department. Uh, but added, I'm the, I'm going to make sure I'm 100% before I come back, though. The public relations department? Right? Like, is that, do they make medical diagnoses now? Has that been the problem the whole time? Is that we've got people that are good at Twitter telling us when or, when Markel Fultz is going to be back? I don't know. Maybe it's just like that's the group that's going to craft the message about when I'm going to return or not. But I don't know. I, I When I saw that, I was like, oh, no, this is going to rub – Philly fans the wrong way. Uh, I'm already envisioning it now on on sports talk. Where I didn't get a lot, I didn't get to listen to a lot of that nonsense this week, but um, you know you want to hear. I want to get in the lineup as soon as I'm clear to play. I want to be in there, which is what know. Joel Embiid says. It's sort of a I don't know, not a fan friendly quote, right? To go, I along don't care. With, yeah, and 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 honestly, right now, I would much rather know that I've got 100% Ben Simmons rather than, like, 70% against Charlotte today. You know what I mean? Like, like Yeah, baby, we got a long way to go. That that doesn't yeah. do me any good. And, you know, it's if we were if we were really hurting, you know what I mean? But we, we have enough on the roster right now that we can weather, you know, five games if we needed to without Ben Simmons before we really start to be like, uh, this is a problem. Yeah, for for a team that has designs on making the Eastern Conference final, if not the NBA finals, you should, you know, be healthy. So if it's like, yeah, I can come back now, but I'm gonna have this nagging shoulder problem that I just can't shake, well then take the extra week. Hell, take the extra month. In all honesty, in all honesty, I don't see a loss on the schedule until Potentially Saturday, November twenty third. Who do we I mean, play? We have who do we play Saturday, November twenty third? Miami, oh, but okay. I'll t- but it's the circumstance. So, Cleveland, Orlando, Oklahoma City, Cleveland, New York, San Antonio, and then Miami. But San Antonio and Miami are back to backs. They're home. They're both home, but they're that's a back to back. I feel like Embiid's going to play that San Antonio game, so you might you might be without Embiid against against Miami. I would sit him in the San Antonio game and play in Miami. Okay, all right. Well, he's. I just sit I'll sit him them. against the West. Yeah, the, he'll, uh, he'll be sitting against one of them. It'll. Be, this is the thing that's interesting to me. That I, Miami game's important. I mean, they're 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 legit, man. Yeah, I was I was listening uh, to one of the talking heads today on TV actually, and they were talking about. Well, you know, and this is after the Denver loss. Well, you know, clearly the Sixers, these are the same people that a week ago were were basically crowning the Sixers. But now they're saying, oh, well, clearly they're not as good as Milwaukee. And clearly they're not as good as Boston, who we beat by 30 points. And clearly they're not as good as Atlanta. They might be the fifth seed, but look out, here comes Miami. So you might be looking at the sixth seed now, uh, Philadelphia. I, I don't know how one loss has, has completely rattled all of these people's cages um to the point where they have absolutely and maybe they just do this because they know that they're going to get a reaction out of me and by me i mean like (laughs) all of us 
people that have been, you know, wearing our trust the process shirt since uh, 2013. But I, I just I just don't I don't get it. Like, what about that? What about this week has made them look like so diminished in people's eyes? It's three games that you lost on the road against a Western Conference by basically under, you know, three scores. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's heartbreaking. It's really frustrating because, I mean, you you got to think they're going to lose one of those games. But also, also the Denver game, by the way, did you see the official review? The the last two minutes, you know how like the NBA officials do those last two minute reviews of those games? The foul that Embiid fouled out of the game on, they said an only, not only was it not a foul on OB, on Embiid, it was a foul on uh, Jokic. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. So if that was called correctly, Embiid would have gone to the line instead of Jokic, and it would have been a four point swing the other way potentially. Right. And we would have won the game. Right. So I mean, like you're talking about. Stuff that that's now look you're 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 winning by 21 points going into the fourth quarter so should it come down to that no but it did so you know that's that's where we're at so you're look you're really frustrated because you're t- you're looking at a game that was very recent that you had in hand and you blew it okay well guess what every team is going to have that happen to them this season and I would rather have us take that loss now in November. So that when we're in a situation in February and uh, we need to have that taste in our mouth of what it's like to get run up on by 20 points, uh, maybe this is the kind of thing that comes back into our minds and 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 we don't let it, you know, we don't take our foot off somebody's throat. Also, I got to say, Howell Neto and Trey Burke have been playing pretty well. Yeah, and yeah I, I have nothing but, but praise for, for... I mean, the bench... From last year to this year, much better. It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. I, everyone needs to chill out about the Sixers. They're going to be fun all year. Don't worry about it. It's going to be great. What else do I have on the Sixers? Do I have any other Sixer stuff this, to bring up? Well, I, 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 I like. Oh, what's up with Thibel? Yeah, that's a weird situation. I, I, I know we, you and I were talking about this earlier, and we, we looked into it a bit, and uh, you know, he was like, like a, essentially a healthy scratch yesterday because. Uh, the quote I read was he doesn't want to he doesn't want to strain the rookie he doesn't want to strain the kid uh, that was what kind of like what Brett Brown said and then today he comes in in like garbage garbage minutes he didn't play well today honestly he looked a little out of sorts and I don't know if that's something that Brett Brown's seeing that we aren't that he looks like he's showing some some tired but but it, it's early in the season it's not like he wasn't playing full seasons at Washington. I wish he was in that in that Denver game. I do too. I do just too. To, just to change the pace, inject some energy, and just to harass ball. You know, be a disruptor. The, the, yeah, you know, if he gets two steals there, that he he just he's that sort of force that he like that that chaotic kind of thing. He could he just makes things happen. He's just really good at putting himself in places to affect the game. And and I don't know why you don't have him in there. You have him available. You don't. You don't have to. You don't have to be at the beginning of the game. Be like, well, I want to sit him, and then be like in a situation where he would be beneficial, where you call him in. That happens all the time. Um. So <laughs> let's 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 unveil to the world our uh, our our love of emoji names, or my love <laughs> of emoji names. So this all started with uh, Shane Gossesbear. He gets the 
the ghost emoji and the bear head emoji. Yeah. Right. And then very easy, very easy call. Right. And then the thing that pissed Chuck off the Carter Hart oh. <laughs> uh, emoji, which is the shopping cart emoji and the orange heart. Right. It has to be the orange heart. Right. Yeah. That's but, right. Yes. Yeah, definitely the orange heart. And I. <laughs> the cart part of it is just... It's a stretch. It's a stretch, right? Yep. So, for Matisse, I do the leg emoji and the bull. Right, yeah, thigh bull. So it's thigh bull, but it's not really officially bull, because if you type bull, it doesn't pop up. Right. It's. I don't yeah. know what it is. Maybe it's a steer. Or oxen. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but I'm, I'm low-key in love with the thigh bull. So. Yeah, yeah, Thibbles, that's a good one. So I, re- I really want to put it out there. I want to see what other Philly sports names we can emojify. Maybe we'll get some, uh, we'll generate some some uh, social media activity from our listeners with that. I, I definitely want, so give me a, give me more emoji names. I like the emoji names. And we promise that we, if we like them, we will use them in our group chat. Which will mean nothing to you, but you know, it, can, it, it could it could become uh, a part of our lexicon. Yeah. We will also use them on social media if we like them. Oh Absolutely. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Maybe it'll catch on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, are you are are you ready to share with the world your most recent one, Dave? Or you're keeping that close to the chat. <laughs> I don't know that I'm in love with it. Though. So for Joel okay. Farabee, I put the fairy emoji and the bee. So it's the it's the fairy bee. I think I it's close it. enough. It's better than Carter Hart. It's better it, than Cart Hart. It's worlds better than Cart Hart. Now, I mean, I don't think it'll ever catch on to such extent that they're showing it at the arena like they do with uh, Goss Despair. But I really enjoy the fairy and the bee for fairy bee. Joel fairy bee. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it might even be closer, closer than Goss Despair. I mean, it's not Ooh. Ghost Despair. Well... And I think credit where credit is due, that came from some iteration of Broad Street Hockey, not the current like Broad Street Hockey radio that um, okay. everyone knows. But some iteration of Broad Street Hockey took his nickname of Ghost um, and made it Ghost Bear. And the nickname... Okay, it was, got it. And yeah. so it's it's closer phonetically, but also... I mean, I would love to be proven wrong. I just don't know if you can get an arena full of people to get, you know, cheer on the guy with the fairy emoji and the B. <laughs> like, I'd be all for it, but it's just sort of do like... You guys, do you guys want to call the last play of this Dallas game? There's 44 seconds left. Dallas has it fourth and five, down by four on their uh, on the Vikings 15. Prescott drops back to pass. Oh, and it's broken up! No That's flags. It. That's no game. Flags. That's that's the important distinction, Chuck. Yes. No flags. Yeah. <laughs> Our favorite football team this week has won. The team playing the Cowboys. Exactly. <laughs> for for this week only, the the uh, the the tenuous alliance between Eagles fans and and Vikings fans uh, has become victorious. Eagles pick up a half game. We pick Time up a half reversed. game. Yeah. Skull, or whatever they say. I think he did like a rowing the boat emoji uh, or action with that. I mean, I have an emoji on the brain. Whatever um, we can do to make that Jets loss look even worse to the to the Cowboys <laughs> makes me happy. Right. So, and this is important because if we split with the Cowboys, 
I'm just we're just transitioning into football now. Have a good week, Sixers. Should be an easy one for you. Um, <laughs> If we end end the season tied with the Cowboys, one that should definitely probably include a win at home against Dallas. Uh, but that second tiebreaker outside of head to head is common opponents. Um, so this game was really important, not only in the direct standings, but also in tiebreaker because uh, we have the advantage on them with the Packers. Yep. And we have the advantage on them with the Jets. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, interestingly enough. Um, and, you know, we're probably all going to wind up being somewhere in the same neighborhood with giants and redskins and, and and all that nonsense but uh so to keep that two uh two team lead in that category i think it's going to be really important so keep that in mind and they beat uh the red hot miami dolphins i believe earlier in the season uh and we have them still on the schedule and they yeah, yeah. face they face new england later in the year than who we beat do, the right? colts today Oh yeah! Remember the We're on a winning streak. Remember, I told you about that whole. I spent my day gambling. Um, oh, <laughs> oh! Don't, the Colts burned me like two weeks ago. I was heavy, heavy. There, there was no, there was nobody that was talking me off of that nine and a half of the Colts. Oh, they, Vegas knew. The Colts at home against the Dolphins just and Frank Reich. Ah, uh, ju- I was just. I you might as well have put me in a Peyton Manning jersey today. Um, we can't even say Vegas knew anymore because oh, yeah, it's, it's everywhere. Like everybody it's pervasive. knew. Um, everybody knew something. But like, yeah, like on, I think I had three parlays going and on each of them. I was like, well, the one thing I know that's going to happen is that the, the, the Colts are going to cover. <laughs> and uh, God damn it. The only thing that didn't happen was the Colts. I had everything else. The only thing that didn't happen <laughs> was that the Colts come. And like, not only do they not cover. They fucking lose to the goddamn Miami Dolphins. How, like, how does that happen? I, I just, mm. um, but I just want to transition back to this Cowboys game because I mean, there is a few seconds left, and the Vikings do have to punt, so we'll see. Um, are the do you hate the Vikings? Are they your most hated non NFC team, NFC East team? Mm. Is there another NFC team that you can't stand? Uh, more than the Vikings. I think I have to call Chuck back home. Oh, yeah. It's just you and me, buddy. Boy, that Chuck's a real douchebag, isn't he? <laughs> Are you calling him now? Yeah. Welcome hey, Chuck, back, welcome Chuck. back to the show. Thank you. We've just been talking shit on you for the last 45 seconds. I imagine you were. I I got so into Gene's thing. <laughs> monstratively unmuted myself oh you hung up yes <laughs> i was just that's just great like, please leave all this in the show yeah, I think I might. you certainly can i was just like i'm like yes i was like ready to join in and now i can't remember what gene was saying oh yeah you got screwed yeah. you got screwed uh, man we're yeah. on another topic now we're i i, I posed the question uh, do the vikings are, are the vikings your most hated non-nfc east team in the NFC, oh, that's a good question. You might hate the Patriots, but I'm not. I'm not really sure. Like, my gut instinct I, was actually the the Saints, but I. Hmm. Green Bay, who also maybe? shit the bed today. Yeah, yeah, real bad. Anyway, it, for me, it might be. I don't like. I don't like the Bears either. Um, I for me, I'd. Uh, you might be right, the Vikings. It's either the Vikings or Green Bay. And who is who is our what te- what fan base 
feels like we are their most hated team, not in their division. Oh, the Vikings. Oh, it's uh, that I feel like is definitely the Vikings. Falcons too. Falcons don't like the Vikings hate us though. Yeah, Vikings definitely hate us, man. That's the most butthurt fan base yeah. of all time. Yeah. Somebody threw a beer can at me. Um, Rams. I don't know. Like, are there Rams fans? There's no. Yeah, there's no such be, thing dude. as. There's no right? such thing as Chargers fans. No, no, they don't exist. They live in London. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or or in San Diego still. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I have any more to add to that. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, I think the Vikings, experiment. Are, Vikings clearly are the team, like they're the fan base that hate us the most right now. Well, and then what fan base do you think is our like most uh, closely aligned? Like, what fan base do you think like is happiest when Eagles fans are around? Like that, that high five us. Like that we we had done them a solid most recent or something like that. Oh, um, I think I think Packers fans actually. I actually was kind of thinking the same thing. I think Packers fans and Eagles fans are kind of closely aligned. Because they really dig that we cheese on the Vikings. Yeah. And kind of the Bears, too. Like, yeah. So yeah, back-to-back -back years, we, we knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs and the Bears out of the playoffs. Yeah. Actually, we knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs, and the next year we knocked the Vikings and the Bears out of the playoffs. Right. And then uh, <clears throat> they came along and, and kicked uh, – Kick the Cowboys uh, in the in the in the shins uh, for us this year. So it it seems like we're kind of got a kind of like got a you know like a simpatico kind of thing. And I think most North Dakotians are aren't they Green Bay fans? Yeah, I think they're Green Bay and and Minnesota, but I think a lot more Green Bay, and uh, they love themselves some cars uh, some Carson Wentz. Right. So I feel like there's a. There's a natural kind of alliance there too. Yeah, yeah, and the green and the Reggie White. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff stuff that we have in in common. Yeah, and the coaching trees. I don't know. Yeah, that no, would be my guess. That's I yeah I, I'm I'm on board with that. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, all right. Anything anything else around the NFL? Like I mentioned, there was some uh, there was some weird games this week. Yeah the 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 Colts being bad that was a surprise. The Falcons suddenly looking like the Falcons again and beating New Orleans at home. That was a surprise. Um, the Bears kind of woke up in the second half of their game. Uh, yeah, there was no Stafford in that game, right? He yeah. Was, the was... Chiefs I didn't the... watch. I didn't watch it. Like, this Cowboys game is the uh, is the first football I've watched today. I watched a lot of Red Zone today. so I, wa I, I watched a lot I was, of uh... – I was very into the uh, to the 1 o'clock games, and then when I, I – you know, and then I went – to the grocery store during the four o'clock games, which is, by the way, did you guys know that grocery stores are insane in asylums uh, on Sundays? That place yes. is a madhouse. Yeah, you don't want to go there on Sunday. Well, do I, I normally don't. Even during football games. Yeah. I mean, you might be able to get get away with it going like during an Eagles game or something, but. But I would never do um, that. Yeah. So what else? Uh, Chiefs the lost Titans today. beating the Chiefs. Yeah, that was a crazy game. That was fun to watch though because uh, Mahomes is kind of chucking it all over the place. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, but like I said, I didn't watch any football today. I was watching um, international football. I was yeah. watching the MLS final. And uh, how did that go? Congratulations to the Seattle Sounders, bringing it back to the uh, the USA. At Atlanta didn't make the final, did they? They got no, beat. No, Toronto. Okay. Toronto FC. Toronto beat them. All right. Now, when you get to the semifinals, is it like a is it a leg situation? I, I never no, really... they changed it. It's all single game now, so it's right. just boom, 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 boom. Wow, game and you're over. done. 
Anyway, um, you guys want to talk about just real quick the ever loving fucking disappointment that is Penn State every year that with ha- this shit. Did you see my favorite moment of that game was like when when they were the, that final kick, I guess, or whatever, when they they threw the gopher up on the uh, on the uh, on the fan division. Did you see that clip? No. What was that? Well, they you ever see that gopher meme where he's like the, the gopher's like or, or squirrel or whatever is making like the big eye or whatever, but they threw they threw up like a behind on the fan division behind the goalposts. They threw up like a, while some while we were setting up like the while kick they were setting up the kick, yeah, to kind of psych him up. <clears throat> what is it, like Goldie the go- Gopher? No, no, no. It's like a meme. It's like a gopher that like like turns his head real quickly. It's like and they you zoom in on it. That's that's the thing. And oh, it's, like the eight and like. Angry groundhog, yeah, meme yeah, thing? yeah, that thing. Look, no, I God forbid, <laughs> God forbid, we'd be able to have a Penn State, Ohio State mega matchup in Happy Valley for all the marbles. Basically, a playoff game to get into the playoffs. God forbid we get to have that. We always, always, oh, again, I say we. We did not go to Penn State. Lose. <laughs> To some, like, ranked but not contending Big Ten team on the road, whether it's Minnesota, uh, Illinois, Iowa, it's the same script every year. And we fell for it again this year. I was listening to goddamn Missinelli all week talk about, oh, we got this on lock, six and a half, take Penn State, blah, 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 blah. Why? Have you not seen this team every year do the same crap? Yeah, since we were Franklin's ten. one and seven on the road against ranked opponents. Yeah, that's, that's not, not good. again fool's gold again with Penn State. Yeah. God damn! I mean, this kind of ends their season, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's over. Uh, you good? And, and the beneficiary this week is Clemson because they got yeah. two of the top four knocked out. Whatever. Whatever. I'll well, go into Chuck's penalty box. Thank you, Dave. The most fire this week, I think, brought about by uh, the Nittany Lions. Um, so, Dave, when people shout, we are, do you respond, Penn State? Or it's like, we are rooting for Penn State, but did not actually attend. <laughs> <laughs> it's All like right, we Dave. are disappointed. We are disappointed. Yeah. Um, I'll throw it right back to you, Dave. Dave, who is in your penalty box this week? All right, I'm putting Donovan McNabb in my penalty box. Oh, oh, you know that makes Gene and I happy. Yeah. So, I mean, I was annoyed with Donovan Mitchell earlier in the week. I got annoyed with Donovan McNabb. It got to the point where I just wrote a bad review about Ray Donovan on iTunes just for the <laughs> hell of it. So Donovan McNabb this week gets inducted into the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm watching my favorite show. Uh, Sportsnet Central uh, in the morning. It's and your they best interviewed thir- him. 13 and a half minutes of the day. Yeah, all five minutes of Sportsnet Central. And uh, they interviewed him and they said, you know, oh, you know, it's a great honor, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know what the question was. But basically, Donovan McNabb shat all over the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame because it wasn't the actual Hall of Fame. Um, oh, God. He, he said, oh, you know, when I told my kids – well, they thought I was talking about the actual football Hall of Fame, so I had to tell them, no, it's just the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. And, you know, they automatically think 
NFL Hall of Fame because that's what we always talk about. And, uh, you know, the kids at school talk and they're always it's like he said nothing about the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. He kicked it all back to himself and how he's always slighted and he's the victim and basically implied that he should be in the NFL Hall of Fame. Number five, you will always be in my penalty box. Damn, Donovan, kicking it to your kids. <laughs> so, uh, Donovan, you're getting um, two penalties here, uh, a two-minute minor for poorly educating your children. It's not their fault that they didn't understand what you're talking about. And another two minutes for um, not keeping it mellow, just like mellow yellow singer Donovan. So <laughs> oh, double well minor to Donovan McNabb. <laughs> Uh, well done, Gene, John. Gene, who is in your penalty box uh, this week? So uh, there were so many options. Uh, just real quick, runner up, Eric Bledsoe from the from the Milwaukee Bucks. Dave, did you see this? Uh, and so he the, just like walked the ball. He in literally, the he, was, he was the referee handed him the ball to inbound the ball. This is an NBA player for the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> And he just starts dribbling up the court. <laughs> he just like didn't an <laughs> just starts. I mean, maybe he didn't even dribble. Like he just it was. It, it was like, did you you've been playing this game literally every day since you were probably about five? You're standing out of bounds. The guy hands you the ball. You should immediately pass. Like how your instinct is to just start walking up the court is beyond me. So, but by God, another NBA thing passed him today because the me the, the me the Miami Heat suspended Dion waiters today for 10 games yeah i had this one on my radar did do you know why chuck oh no no idea i i saw <laughs> i saw that Dion was trending um i was thinking like either celine or sanders but i i didn't know what was going on Dion so. sanders also trending this weekend because he's not going to be fsu's new head coach chuck. oh that's a shame uh, i was yeah. really looking forward to i that. was actually i was going to go and get like a, a seminal sweatshirt if they actually hired uh Dion. but uh no, Dion Waiters was suspended because he freaked out <laughs> on a team flight. Oh, I did hear did about he this. I did out, hear about this. After Why did he freak out? After eating an edible. Jimmy Butler is involved in this in some capacity. Of course, he has to be. He has to be. Or at least he he, he Instagrammed about it. I, I, I don't know, man. But... So apparently, not only did he must have really bugged bugged out to get a 10-game suspension. Uh, from your team over this like how how dumb do you have to be that you cannot keep your cool like what and and i don't even want to know what was in whatever he ate because it was probably way too much of whatever it was but man 10 game suspension from your own team for a, a decent miami heat team because you couldn't keep your shit together when you ate an edible man that just so that's that's who's in my penalty box on top of his 10 game suspension Dion Waiters. All right, Dion Waiters. For not being able to handle your drugs on a team flight. I don't even know where to begin with that. Um, you've already gotten a 10-game suspension. Um, we're going to throw in a 10-minute game misconduct. Um, don't take drugs around your employers. Just, just like, or if you do, like, know what it's going to do to you. That's a public service announcement. That's not even a penalty. That's a public service announcement. Announcement. I believe the before and after answer to this question so far would be, "Don't harsh my mellow yellow." 
<laughs> Chuck, who's in your penalty box? Uh, Celine Dion Sanders, do not harsh my. <laughs> oh, yes. I love it. All right. So who is in my penalty box? I'm taking on uh, the House of Mouse themselves. <gasps> um, Disney Plus is coming out this Tuesday. I'm so excited. I am as well. I will be <laughs> sus- uh, subscribing um, to watch a whole bunch of movies that um, either I own or haven't watched since the wonderful world of Disney in like the mid 80s. Uh, apparently, I really want to see the Shaggy DA again. I remember enjoying that one. Um so maybe it's not just the House of Mouse. Maybe it's not just Disney. But the fact that they have taken cable and just made it a la carte. And now we have to spend, you know, anywhere from 5 to $12 per streaming channel, whatever the case may be. Like, we we had taken it to the cable companies. They were They were regulated. They were supposed to give us more options. And... And bring down the one hundred dollars a month, you know, that we had to pay for cable. So they all went offline. And if you want to watch, you know, all the exclusive content on CBS All Access and Hulu and Netflix and Amazon and Disney Plus and HBO Plus and Apple TV and whatever NBC's thing is coming around, it's the just the Peacock. <sighs> Netflix invented something, you know, great for mankind, and then all these other streaming services have run it into the ground, and I don't even know what I'm going to do about TV outside of watch a whole lot of Disney movies. So uh, Disney, HBO, Peacocks, etc., you're all going in the penalty box for getting too greedy and ruining a good thing. That's a five-minute major for getting too uh, greedy and ruining a good thing. Also, Potadelphia Plus will be launching in 2021. Uh, if you sign up now for uh, for the price of a three-year subscription, you can get it only for $4.99 a month. Well, that's a good deal. It is a good, deal. a good deal. It is a good deal. Um, so we got to get back to work programming that. So we're out of time for today. We'll be back with you next Monday. Um, Big Eagles Patriots game the week with the Sixers to see if the Flyers can keep rolling. Um, so if you haven't done so already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search Potadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the Whip Around, our sister show, uh, for all of your weird news. Um, and until then, have a great day at work, everybody. We're out of here. <laughs>